Welcome everybody to the 929 English Podcast. Tonight, our treat is through the roof. Tonight we have Shlomo Lippitz. Shlomo Lippitz is a pitcher on the Israeli Olympic baseball team that is getting ready to play their first game in this Olympics, in the Tokyo Olympics, against Korea. And Shlomo, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. And what I really want to know, and I think all America, the whole world wants to know, what, what do you think the Tokyo Olympics represent specifically for a world that's coming out of a pandemic, that's struggling to come out of a pandemic? Why was it so important for the Tokyo Olympics to take place? Well, thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, as someone who is participating in their first Olympics, and at the age of 42, well, it will probably be my last Olympics, I'm just excited that it's happening. So for my own selfish reasons, uh, I am very proud to you know, consider myself an Olympian and to have that camaraderie with 24 other players who... Uh, are going to be in Olympians as well. Uh, I think, you know, <clears throat> a year and a half into this pandemic, it's pretty, and with the kind of now reemergence of the different variants and the Delta variants, it's pretty clear that the virus, <clears throat> sorry, is here to stay in some capacity. I mean, for multiple reasons, anywhere from uh, the fact that even vaccinated people get it, the the, the, the fact that there are some countries who just don't have the resources to get it yet. For example, the Japanese have only rolled out about 10% of their population uh, are currently vaccinated and all the way to, to people who just don't believe uh, that vaccine is a solution. So, you know, going through the steps and going and making this massive event happen, I think is, uh, is really a, a roadmap uh, for other events, whether it be uh, conventions or music festivals or, 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 or sporting events on how to deal with this new reality. I mean, uh, every generation has uh, some adjustments that they make to be able to kind of make things happen. This is kind of our, uh, uh, I would say, obstacle or, or our thing to kind of deal with. So. Uh, it's very different. I've talked. I've talked with many people who this is not their first Olympics, and it's uh, the experience for the athletes is very different. This Olympics compared to other Olympics. First and foremost, there is no one in the stands. It's completely empty. Uh, athletes cannot go see uh, other sports that are not their own. Um, we start the day uh, with spinning into a. Uh, a little test tube to check if we have uh, COVID. We uh, uh, there's not really too many festivities within the village uh, that are encouraging mingling between the different uh, delegations. But nevertheless, we're walk, you know I I wake up and go to the dining room every morning and I look around me and it's uh, a utopia of. Uh, of, of, of any athlete. I mean, 
every single person who's walking around me and is in our uh, in the dining room is walking around the streets is in the top of the top of what they do and that is a really special thing to uh, to connect experience and of course I think you know let's not ignore the fact that uh, the Olympics is a made for TV event of course many people end up watching it uh, have watched it in the stands uh, historically but it's a multi-billion dollar industry that that that, that really uh, fuels consumption of the sports all over the world I mean I remember as a kid I'm sure everyone has their memories as 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 kids on you know whatever sport they were into for me it was you know the Carl Lewis and the Ben Johnsons and the you know long jump and the hundred meter dash and the gymnastics. So, uh, uh, so I'm glad it's happening and and uh, I think it's going to be exciting and it's definitely been exciting for all the participating uh, athletes. That's super exciting. That's super great. Let me ask you a question. You're 42 years old. Most pitchers, I would say there's no pitcher in the, in the, in the major, in, in major league baseball who's 42 years old. Um, what made you decide at 42 years old to take on this challenge? I just love the game. I mean, I, uh, you know, a lot of people around me as they reach their 30s and they're not playing professional ball anymore, uh, I hear that all the time. Oh, my body aches. Um, I want to do other stuff. I don't want to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning every day to work out. I don't want to use my weekends to go play games. That is not even an option for me. I mean, I, I don't know if it's delusion or resiliency. If my arm hurts, I go see a doctor and do physical therapy to get better. If my legs hurt, I blame it on me working hard and not on my age. So, uh, again, for my own, for the own selfish reason, I just love the game. Uh, I would say, growing up in Israel, I never got the bug of the culture of baseball. So, yes, of course, I watch baseball on TV, but I don't see myself consuming baseball on the other side of the of the lines. You know, I, I just see myself playing. So, until someone tells me, Shlomo, you you should stay home today. Or maybe it's time for you to kind of hang up your, you know, your shoes. I, I'm, I'm still planning to kind of do it. And it gives me a balance in life. Uh, I think too many people, the, the, the art of uh, a hobby is a dying art. I think too many people don't have a hobby. And uh, I have a day job, which I work very hard at. And I feel like if, uh, like many New Yorkers, you get sucked into your into the job, and I feel like if I didn't have that kind of thing that will for that would force me to put down my phone or just not think about the job, I would probably be a complete workaholic. So it creates balance. It keeps me physically active, and, and again, I just love the game. I love playing. I love acting as a kid. You know, between the lines, no one ju- no one's judging you when you when you act foolish or say you know certain things it's just it's a again it's a it's a world within a world 
That's that is so nice. I love to hear that. Now, um, as someone I grew up in Washington, D.C., and I actually was a Washington Senators fan as a young as a young boy. And I wonder, what was it like growing up in Israel where baseball you know, was kind of inherited. You kind of enjoyed baseball from a distance. So what you said was you weren't really a fan. Is that true? Were you not a fan at all? I'll just kind of paint in a few words the picture of what it was to grow up in in the early 80s in Israel. I mean, uh, there was one TV station that basically broadcast news. Uh, there was no fran- American franchises, so... No McDonald's, no Burger King, no, uh, it was all mom and pop shops. Uh, There was, of course, no internet. Uh, Needless to say, as someone who was part of the first generation of Israel baseball, there was no players to look look up to. There was no baseball cards to collect. There was no uh, sporting outlets to go and choose cool batting gloves. And and, uh, there was no... TV stations to be watching games. So as a result, it just wasn't in my consciousness. I played baseball because I enjoyed playing the game, but I didn't I didn't get caught up in what many people, you know, take it for take for granted. Uh the fact that just baseball is all around you. I mean, it's enough, you know, I remember my first couple of times flying over the United States, visiting from Israel, I'm like Oh my God, just in the last three minutes of the plane descending, uh, you, we probably flew over 10 fields. Within a mile, you already quadruple the amount of fields that exist in, in Israel in total. So uh, that's, what I'm, that's what I meant where you know, I didn't really grow up uh, fixating or idolizing baseball players or idolizing the game. I just played in a very pure, simplistic way, you know, see the ball, hit the ball. It had many disadvantages. I mean, uh, I would have loved to be exposed to great coaching and I would have loved to, uh, you know, uh, see see someone swing in the TV and just, you know, work in front of the TV and just pretend I'm that person and, 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 and emulate because I think that's a key to be able to, to create success in a sport in a country. And that's really, you know, uh, the question of what do, what do we hope Israel participating in the Olympics, what do you hope it will do to Israel baseball is my hope is that there's a kid, 12 year old kid or 10 year old kid in Israel who sees me on TV or sees Ryan LeVronway or sees, uh, you know, Ty Kelly or Jerry Blige and say, I want to be like this kid. And there's some kind of connection. And now they're following these players and you create kind of role models, which uh, I think is really crucial for for de- for sports to de- for a sport to develop in a country that that doesn't have baseball in its roots. So you didn't grow up as a Derek Jeter Jeter fan. No, I was a I was a more New York Mets circa late eighties, you know. So the Daryl Strawberries and the Dwight Gooden. Oh, you're and like the, okay, okay, Gary Carter, Doc, and then when Doc I Doc Gooden, yeah, okay, yeah. And when I really got into pitching, obviously the early nineties uh, was you like David Cohn. David Cohn. I still remember one year going to Long Island and uh, going to a some kind of shoe outlet, and and he was signing sh- pieces of paper, and I had like a signed. He, I bought a pair of shoes, and he signed a, a photo of him. Self. That was Amazing. something that I probably. 
But I love the fact that you say that the reason you're that your reason you're in Tokyo is because there's some 10 or 12 year old who's getting very excited right now because in a couple hours they're going to be able to watch you and your teammates play against Korea. And maybe that young man is going to feel more self-confidence. Maybe he's going to want to play baseball. All good things will happen because he watched you play baseball. So I wish you, Shlomo. And the team, of course, that you go on, win the gold. Even if you don't win the gold, win for all of us. We're cheering for every one of you. This interview was fascinating. I think that your approach just to the role of the Olympics and the role of baseball in Israel and how you grew up and how you embrace baseball from the other side than most Americans like myself who grew up, you know, being fans of teams and all of that. I think that's really, really exciting. So go get them. Go win. We hope that you pitch tonight, t- t- today, and that you win, that you beat Korea. And that's the beginning of a great run right to the gold medal. Congratulations. I'm meant to that. Thank you.